the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Hello, hello. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. I've seen a lot of stories about mortgages these days. Interest rates went super, super low after 9-11 and even before 9-11. They had started moving lower. But worrying that we're going to have an economy crash, Federal Reserve tried to stimulate growth by lowering interest rates. Our government does their job on occasion. They come up with infrastructure plans to improve roads. They they give, you know... Uh, uh, cash for clunkers. They come up with ways to spend money to try to get the economy a little stimulated. So if you had an old 20-year-old car, you were able to go to the government with it and they'd give you money for a new car. Not complete money for a new car, but you get the idea. So all this cheap money created a lot of mortgage companies. Like there's one I know called Movement Mortgage, Round Point Mortgage, Lending Tree. They all had surging growth tied towards lower interest rates, more demand for homes. Now there's just too too many of them. I want to say too too damn many of them. But they're starting to close shop. You're starting to hear stories about lenders going out of business, both the lending company and the employees losing their jobs. You don't need a office manager if, you know, three loans are getting done a month per se. You need an office manager if thirty loans are getting done a month. So a lot of national lenders like Wells Fargo, JP Morgan have cut their mortgage related jobs already. The industry is under attack. Interesting. You'll have fewer options, um, but it's out there. So let's talk to Tony Mendez, BayAreaLendSource.com. You're a lender. and well, uh, per se. Per se. But uh, have you have you been seeing what I've been seeing? Absolutely. Companies going down. Companies going out. <laughs> Here one day, gone the next. Literally, I think you told me last week you called a company and they were gone. Uh, yeah, we got an e- email and they gave us some bogus reason why they're declining our loan. And then the second email would be... Uh, you know, we're shutting our, our doors. Uh, it was a pretty big company as well. So yeah, we're definitely seeing that. And you were talking about how the large lenders are losing, you know, volume. They're, they're going to start try to streamline. We saw a lot of this happen back in 2007 and I'm sorry, eight and nine and 10 and so on. We, we actually had a website called the implodometer implodometer.com and you go there and you see what you know, recent mortgage company uh, closed their doors, but I don't think we're going to have that kind of um, problem this time. But we are going to see well, the the banks. You know, they're going to they're going to say, okay, we're not having as much volume, rates are higher, our margins are shrinking, and it's going to be expensive to have all these employees. You might not, not only will you be limited on you know who to go to, but you might actually have less quality loan officers. Uh, a lot of these people they might not be able to pay them as much, and um, it. I, the, the industry's been shifting from, uh, we get calls all the time for big companies trying to buy the smaller companies. And uh, I think that's the way it's going to go, in my opinion. But um, it, it does limit your shopping ability a little bit. Okay. and uh, A little bit. 
it's interesting to note that a lot of technology is also coming in. There's a lot of fintech companies. Um, it was 20 years ago that a, a mortgage lender, not a mortgage lender, he was, um, what's the guy, uh, inspector, he inspected homes. He's like, there's going to come a day when you can get a mortgage just like you can buy a stock. You'll say, I want that five and a quarter percent one, and they'll give it to you. Uh, it's not quite there, but uh, the promise of fintech disrupting the industry has always been out there, but it doesn't quite deliver quite as fast. Still very human-intensive, labor-intensive business. Yeah, I think there's uh, definitely been a... 2017 and 18 really has been a great transition into the technology that um, we've been adopting, and uh, it has, ha- has helped a lot of people. There's been, obviously, some large companies that are promoting, you know, the ease of transaction and, you know, I don't, I don't want to say robo-mortgages, but it kind of feels that way. Um, you know, the downside of that is it, it doesn't really, it doesn't give you the personal uh, touch, the actual human contact. And there there is going to be a need for humans always in the transactions, uh, in my opinion. I don't think it'll be as simple as filling this thing out and pushing buttons. I think what what you're hearing about the automated part of the mortgage industry is, you know, pulling, you know, your tax transcripts and getting paychecks and, check, you know, bank account uh, information if you allow them. And um, everything else, though, you still have to have somebody go, um, I don't know if your credit score is really good enough for this program. We're going to switch you to another program. I don't know if automated systems are going to do that um, in the near future, in my opinion. I still think that there has to be human touch. I, I actually encourage people to get human touch, to be honest with you. I don't like the, hey, you're qualified for this mortgage. Just get this mortgage and get a 30-year fixed, and this is your closing cost, and you're done. Click that button. That that doesn't lend to the right kind of personal um, financial decisions that people should be making where, um, wait, uh, does it have a box where I can say I'm going to move out of my house in five years? I should have had a five-year arm instead of 30-year fixed, or and I should have paid lower costs instead of or, or higher costs or lower costs. I mean, there's a lot of things that can go into it. Did you ever see the movie The Jerk? I did. The very first line of the movie. Do you remember it? Mm. I was born, born a poor, poor black, black child. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was born a poor black child. You were. Last name Black. My family loved that movie. I don't know if you... Black. There was a serial killer who was going after cans. <laughs> it's, it's still worth watching. Um, but I bring that up is because I came from a very modest background. Very, very middle class. Very middle class. Uh, my father was an officer in the military and there's not a lot of money in the military, but there's also not a lot of poverty in the military. Um, it's everyone gets kind of treated. Okay. So when I get a mortgage now, it's, it's to me, it's like a, it's a counseling segment of my life. Like you've done four or five mortgages for me. And every time I freak out, <laughs> every time I go, I don't know if I could do this. I don't know if I should be doing this. This, it seems kind of weird to me that the, your bank is going to give me $600,000 because I came from. I was a poor black child and my psychology on mortgages are like, don't get into trouble. But then again, you know, I saw a house, an apartment in my city sold this week, thousand square feet, $1.2 million. I'm like, I don't know if I could do that. Like my psychology would be, I would like be in a, you know, curled up in the fetal position every night. Like, what did I do? Did I really pay a million dollars for an apartment? Cause I can go to Miami, uh, like Will Smith going to Miami. Um, and get a, a mansion for a million dollars yeah. on the beach. See, I actually don't see anything wrong with that. I, I had this discussion with you the other day where um, you have a single family house and you have these million plus, um, you know, one bedroom apartments going up near the train station. And that's going to incentivize people to eventually get that single family. Single families are going to be a 
a high desired uh, piece of property in the Bay Area because they're not building any. And the more, the more and more of these condos and, and townhouses that they're building, the more people are going to want your house, in my opinion. I think that's the, the – although the hardest part is is um, accepting is that there's just not a lot of affordable housing. Uh, imagine you know, going back 20 years and saying you're going to buy this one-bedroom starter home for a million two. Uh, it, it just doesn't mathematically make sense. So that's the, that's the barrier that we have to cross is figure out where the, the low-income housing or – Affordable housing. I don't want to say low-income housing, but affordable housing uh, availability in the Bay Area. Um, it's it's getting a little tougher. I mean, there's just land is expensive. It's interesting that you're talking about one-bedroom apartments because I think millennials, right? And there was a great piece of research that came out recently that said more than half of millennials would give up sex to travel the world. Right? <laughs> you said that we need the single family. The millennials will eventually want the single family home. I don't know if that's true. I think younger people are totally content and they're happier with different things than you and I are. We grew up with American I, dream. I want to disagree with you on that because a lot of millennials are moving to cities across the United States to start families and to start uh, to get in a single family home. I'm just saying, don't don't assume. I think you're living in a box. I, I live in a box. So and there's a rat on top of it. <laughs> really? Going like this. Oh, God. When you find a rat's nest in your own home, you're like, I'm filthy dirty. I've done something bad. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. It's Tony Mendez from BayAreaLoanSource.com. Can you name the band? Duran Duran. <laughs> I'd slap you, but my friends from Russia would be upset that I slapped you and didn't hit you. All right, the Chili Peppers. For some reason, I've got a male crush on Anthony Kiedis. I don't know what that's all about. He's just an odd-looking dude, and I'm like, I'd be an odd-looking dude if I could be a rock and roller. So what we're quickly learning is that uh, I've got a thing for wanting to be in music, and I have no skill at it. So, Red Hot Chili Peppers, they must have been something to see in the early 90s. Now, never stopped him. One of my favorite bands. On my Apple Music, it's uh, one of my probably top five go-tos. There's so much good stuff. And there's legendary performances by The Flea. Is he The Flea or Flea? I think he's Flea. <laughs> All I'll say is Google Flea Sock Concert. Flea Sock Concert. A lot of drug addictions. A lot of drug addictions. And through that pain comes great music. Tony Mendez, BayAreaLoanSource.com. Pain in real estate. It's been a while since we've had any. Yeah, it's um, exciting. Essentially, if you've bought in the last eight years, you've done well. Um, If you haven't, there's pain of missing out. Um, How busy are you these days? Because... I'm hearing through the financial media that refinancings are dropping and, you know, whole businesses that just do refinancings are shutting down. Um, you seen any refi action? Oh, we've definitely see it cut back some, uh, but it'll, it'll never go away. There's always, there's so many other reasons to refinance other than dropping a rate. Uh, a lot of people shorten their term. They, they get out of mortgage insurance. They, somebody, they get a divorce situation or they need cash out. There's, I mean, we're doing 
a lot of cash out transactions, a lot of people looking at equity lines and saying, I'm not getting an equity line if, if we're going to keep raising rates. Um, I want to fix it in my 30 year um, rate or people are, I have one client that's doing a refinance cause he's switching from a 30 year fix to an arm reamortizing, having lower payments. And he's going to sell his house in five years and retire. And he doesn't want to have a 30 year payment. He wants the lower rate in the, in the five year arm. So there's a lot of other reasons to uh, refinance, but it, it will dry up. I mean, it's, there's just no doubt about it. Uh, you know, rates have gone up about a 1% in a, a year period. Yep. Um, we we talked about some numbers that it, depending on your loan amount, it could be three thousand dollars a year more, five thousand dollars a year more that you're paying in a mortgage just because of that one percent interest rate. And um, you have to make more money. You have to have better credit scores. It costs more money to take cash out. Um, yeah. So we're seeing it affect people in the high end market. Um, that's the first place we're going to start seeing it, where uh, affordability is going to be affected. People have a little second guesses about whether or not they should buy a one and a half million dollar house. Maybe the other go, and we're going to wait a little bit. Um, the houses are already starting to sit on the market a little bit longer. Uh, people are going to be pickier. So one thing that we're going to see a lot of places are saying, well, there's more inventory on the market. Well, one of the reasons we're seeing more inventory in the market, we're actually seeing less buyers in the market. So that is, so we're actually seeing all of the signs. Just like you were talking earlier about some of the signs you're seeing in the market leading towards a recession. I'm not trying to take you know, put words in your mouth, but you did say something like that. We're seeing those kind of signs in the in the housing market where, you know, higher rates, uh, more inventory, um, more houses are going um, going for lower than asking price. Um, we're seeing less people buying houses sight unseen. There's a lot of these signals that are coming up that are people are going okay, and we're going to see in the in the markets that you did well buying a house sight unseen. 35% of the people last year bought a house sight unseen. And this year it's down to 20%. And it's down to 20% this year. So people are going, oh, I'm going to be a little bit pickier. My first marriage was so short, you would have thought that I got married sight unseen. <laughs> Second one a little bit better. More than one in four home sellers have dropped their price last month. Signs continue to point towards a changing market for home buyers. Um... Are you seeing, because sometimes you're, you you don't tell me too much data, but you tell me like, oh, I got this one client who's put a bid on 25 houses and he hasn't got any of them. So now he wants double the price or like get, people get desperate. I think that'll change from 25 to five. Okay. Um, with more inventory hitting the market. This is going to be an interesting time of the year, though, because it's naturally slow at this time of the year. The holidays, you know, people are back in school. You know, they have less, they have other things to concentrate on until, you know, until we get to uh, January. And then we'll start looking at, you know, how things really played out this winter season and then in, in the spring. Spring is going to be very, is going to tell exactly what happened since the rates went up, since we started to see all of these signs and what, what that all has meant. And then that'll play out through the rest of the summer. It'll be, it's not the end of the world. We're still going to see appreciation. There's still low inventory. There's still plenty of buyers. It's just what this is exactly what we were looking for, um, pointing towards any kind of change. One of the areas of, of home buying that I always underestimate, and I, I kind of learned a lesson in my 20s. Um, I bought a home, and I didn't realize how much traffic was going to be in front of that house because I went on a weekend, no traffic. Yeah. And... Uh, it was just one of those things you kind of learn. And like now I have a situation where like a neighbor, uh, they moved in and they have two teenage kids. So they have five cars 
And suddenly the street looks a little messier. It looks a little less curb appeal. Had I seen that today, I probably wouldn't buy the house. I'd say curb appeal is ugly. Too many cars around here kind of thing. Um, but San Francisco has some of the worst roads in the nation. That's also something people should look at of getting to and from work. How much time is it going to take? Um, how much sun does your house get? There's just little things like that that could uh, go a long way that people just sometimes rush in and offer sight unseen. Um, Curb appeal is the number one attraction to a house initially. Yes. Uh, It's the number one recommended um, thing that you do to your house uh, to attract a buyer. Of course, you know, location and all that. So you can't really change the schools and, and so on. But that is the number one thing. So, yeah, I can, you know, the whole Bay Area is suffering from bad roads. Um, I love the statistic in that article that says that it costs about uh, the average Bay Area driver about $1,000 a year in repairs that are related to the bad roads. So, I mean, it kind of adds up. You have higher gas prices. You, you're sitting in the car longer, longer commutes. We have the longest uh, super commute in the nation. And um, higher gas prices, it all adds up to, you know, a little bit less affordable to, you know, that 1.2 million one-bedroom apartment in, you know, the peninsula gets a little bit less attractive. But um, maybe it's more attractive. Maybe somebody will go, I don't want to hit the roads, and I'll just take a train. Tony knows real estate really, really well, and you should make him your friend because he's one of my friends. Um, Tony and I break bread quite often throughout the year. Um, one of the things I'll say is he's got family in real estate. He's got business partners in real estate. His life is real estate. My life is market accumulation. Wealth accumulation. His is all about real estate and mortgage loans and, and lending and, and home prices. Um, he's pretty knowledgeable. You can find him at bayarealonesource.com. It's bayarealonesource.com. He gets loans done. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. And don't forget the weeknight replay at 7. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. I pulled up uh, Orange County Register today. And there's an article about, will rising mortgage rates crash Southern California's housing market? I could tell you that if I had to get a mortgage today, that's okay. This is the way I said eight years ago, I got a mortgage for oh, $600,000 roughly. I refinanced it a couple times lower. If I had to get it at today's rates, I wouldn't be able to afford the home. I could, but it would eat up a lot more of my income, and I don't really want to go above 33 34% of my income to pay for my housing costs, right? I want to keep it lower because I want to go on vacations. I want to you know, save money for retirement. I want to you know, send the kids to a good school. Those kind of thoughts, right? So you can't have too much of your money. So higher rates do kind of affect affordability for sure, and um, that could affect housing prices. What do you think, Tony? Will higher interest rates push home values down? I know you so badly want me to give you a, a yes or no answer. No, I, just, no, I mean, and, and I can hear the dial changing right now. Everyone's going over the sports channel. <laughs> uh, I want to say yes um, to, to a point. Uh, I think right now we still have what they call the affordability range, uh, depending on where you are uh, in the United States. Yes, it will affect you. Um, 
But there are some places in the United States where people are moving to where a $60,000 salary will buy the median home price, whereas you go to San Jose, which is the most expensive city in the United States, you have to make 273000 to buy a median home price um, in that city. So, um, And a half a point interest rate increase in that means you have to make uh, 300000 So, yeah, it, it's a... It's a cascading event in some places and some other places it's not. And, you know, to say that all of Southern California's real estate is going to tank because of that. Yeah. You have to remember that when, when you bought your house, when your neighbor bought their house and so on, or the person next to you refinanced their house, they bought under some of the tightest guidelines and they've seen equities grow. So what, what we forget is that the, the way that the housing market crashed last time was because people that shouldn't have had loans had loans and, um, because of the loose guidelines, and there was a lot more speculation. Today, we have the opposite of that. We have a stronger ownership pool, and we have a, a lot of people that are, are not going to say, I'm going to sell my house. As a, and we aren't going to have that snowball effect where every other house had a, a sign in front of it for sale. So I don't fear that this time. What I fear is that we see migrations more than anything from places that are a little bit too expensive and companies are already figuring this out. I mean, there's companies moving all around the United States. 6,000 people coming to the United States from Guatemala, something like that. A big caravan, a big caravan. I think we we should all head to Guatemala. (laughs) Do the reverse, do the reverse. I know you're saying you're an idiot, Rob black. Um, but I kind of wanted to break your train of thought. Uh, real estate is known to be all about location, location, location. But it's also really all about jobs, jobs, jobs. So I, I, I kind of agree with you that I, I don't think the higher interest rates necessarily zap um, home prices. I think jobs do. Um, and right now we are at not record lows, but we're at fantastic lows for unemployment. Um, now, there's some underemployment problems in the United States where people want to work more hours. So they are counted as employed, but they still aren't making enough money because they're part time. But for me, where I live, I live five to 10 miles from uh, Palo Alto, from Stanford, from Facebook, from Google, from, you know, so many biotech companies. Uh, so my fear is an economic slowdown where unemployment goes from 4% or 3.9% to 6% or 7% because it's all about jobs, jobs, jobs. So uh, for well, me and home prices and such. And again, I have a home. I don't care if it goes up or down in value. I got a mortgage. Sure. I'm happy. But... Some people are. More there's some, some people have seed appreciation more than they're going to make in the you know in t- in ten years than they're going to make in the next twenty years, right. and they may go. You know what, honey? Um, rates went up. I don't think next year somebody will be our, buy our house for one point five. I think they'll buy for one point three. Let's take that extra two hundred that will make capital gains are still there in this move. Um, I can find a job doing blah blah you know real estate in Scottsdale for example and or whatever, somewhere else where it's a lot cheaper and we actually can buy a house free and clear and have some money left over. I think that if there was something to fear, you fear that that type of migration of, of people who have gained a lot of equity because they're they're fearful of who's going to afford their house because you don't know what's going to happen with jobs. You don't know how, how interest rates are going to affect the economy. Is the stock market going to get hit? Are there people still going to have hundreds of thousands of dollars in, in stock options that they can use to buy houses? Is that going to disappear? Are, are parents, parents have been a very big part of the, the new home buyers right now or first time home buyers where uh, we're seeing a lot of 
um, gift money, a lot of gift money, two hundred, three hundred, four hundred thousand dollars to help and assist these people to buy homes. And if that disappears, then we, you know, so I, if you start adding all of those up, and you know, there there might be people right now that are listening saying, I haven't thought of that. And they go, you know, there might be one person who goes, I'm going to sell because of that. And then another realtor starts. I mean, I've talked to realtors who are saying, yeah, we've seen a slowdown. Um, this house is sitting on the market longer. My buyers are being uh, are being pickier. And when you have a market that has not a lot of inventory and you, people are buying houses sight unseen and you put a house in the market and it starts sitting there longer and longer because there's a hill in front of your or there's a hill in their back. I, we've, I'm giving you real life examples. People are passing on houses because the, the, there was a hill in the backyard and it goes, oh, there's a hill back there. I, I don't think I really want this house. I'll, I'll go to the next one. And when that starts happening, you know, it's a little bit harder to sell that house. And people, the mentality and um, will drive people uh, and the fear will drive people to make some of these changes. And that's it's believe it or not, this is healthy for the market. So I, I I'm not saying I, I'm, I'm welcoming this, but it's a natural part of the process. Just like you talk about recessions are a natural part of the economy. The same thing happens in real estate. And um, if you wait too long, yeah, sometimes people get stuck. Um, it, it's all about your situation. So you got to analyze it. I'm with you. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Um, talking about homes and home prices and mortgages and uh, home ownership is a lovely, lovely, lovely thing. But also you're starting to see some, like some studies on millennials. that they, they don't expect to be in jobs for more than two years. They want more social uh, commitments from their corporations that they work for. So it's tough to tell your millennial kid, go buy a home. Because if they are only going to be in the job for two years, then there's going to be that transition and you better have an emergency fund. Anyway, um, gosh, I feel old. <laughs> I feel old when I'm seeing annual rent growth finally turns negative. Well, okay. So you're talking about millennials that are moving around, moving around, and they want to keep a job for two years. It's good to hear that places like Seattle and Portland, the, the rents have actually gone down. It's the first time we've seen that in, in years, it seems like. Um, uh, we've had eight eight months in a row of decreasing rents in, in nationally. And then finally, as a national number, we've seen it drop 0.2%. So um, there's a little bit of relief there. A lot of that has to do, especially in places like Portland, Seattle, and San Francisco has seen some rent drops as well because of of, um, of more inventory. For uh, there, There's been a big push. And we've been talking about this since 2012, 2013, about how builders weren't building enough houses. They were building multi-unit properties for rents because that's where the money was. That's where the land was. We can get more money for that acre land than if we build five single family homes or even townhouses or condos, we're going to rent, 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 rent. So we went through this already here in the Bay Area back in in the pre-2000s where um, places on the East Bay and you you go up and down there, you see some of these older uh, apartment buildings. That was the big rush. We had, we led the nation. It was like 5,000 units were built leading up to 2000. And we see, we've seen that again in other places like Portland, Seattle. So that's going to help a lot of people make those migrations and eventually into places where they can afford homes. Are you seeing a pickup yet of people who are in variable interest rate mortgages yes. tied towards LIBOR coming to you and saying, I need a fixed product. I can't take this. It's too much I'm, pain. Um, I'm seeing both directions. Really? Both directions. I'm seeing people saying, I want an arm because the rates are you know, three, three quarters of a percent to a percent lower based on, you know, depending on your scenario. But um, yeah, we're seeing a lot more, a lot more people getting arms. I, I'm seeing more people getting arms than people going from armed to 30 or fixed though. That was what people should have done prior to the rates going up earlier in the year or last year. 
Going to fix. Going to fix yeah. because that was the opportunity. And it, and a lot of people did that too. A lot of people missed it. And they, they're going to have to get another arm. But there's nothing wrong with that. It's just you have to get another arm. There was a lot of people back in 2000. Um, I remember in 2006, people were getting arms. And they were being told by lenders, just just get a three-year arm. We'll, re, we'll, we'll refinance after you've made $100,000 appreciation. And you're talking about... Pre, pre-crash or pre-crash. pre-crash that was because they were making a boatload of money on that product that's why they were pushing it and boatload of money not necessarily the best thing for the individual not the best thing for the individual when the market does correct and you're in a three-year product you're gonna be upside down pretty fast all right so let me tell you why that happened you tell me why that I'm happened <laughs> i like so, it when you're fighting <laughs> so um that back in the day and let's say 2000 to 2007 um, uh, lenders would have uh, these huge armies of account executives that would just drop in at your office and they go oh, that's a stack of files right there i can do that i can't do that i can do that i can't do that and and they would train you they would train these offices these brokers on what products would make the broker more money not what was best for the client and that's and that was arms and negam loans and liar loans all of those loans. loans yeah Ugh. and uh, it's been a while since I've even heard that term negam loans pay option arms um, you, it doesn't matter what you call it it was it was a very risky loan negam loans didn't you just make the interest payment well <clears> you would have a start yeah well, you'd have what they call an underlying rate let's just say it's five percent but you would have a start rate of one percent and then you make that one percent payment but the difference that other four percent would get added to your loan balance. So your balance would go up and then they have a step up program that would eventually start fully amortizing after five years. It was crazy loan, but, um, we didn't do uh, our side. We didn't do a lot of them, but yeah, we don't have those anymore. You can find Tony at bayarealoansource.com. It's bayarealoansource.com. He does all my mortgages and, uh, he's a good resource and a good guy. Find him at bayarealoansource.com. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. Always wanted to be a Lumineer. There's a, a thing going on in concerts right now where they let kids come up on stage and play the piano or play guitar. Pisses me off. If you spend good money on a concert and Dave Grohl from the Foo Fighters invites up a 10-year-old kid to shred a Metallica song with them, I'm pissed off. So I want to be a Lumineer for one day. I want to be the guy who gets on stage and goes, keep your head up, keep your love. I want to be the guy that pisses off the whole crowd. I'll play the tambourine. I can play a cowbell, pretty mean cowbell. I'm getting really good with the llama bell now. Gotta have more llama bell. So I want to be a Lumineer for the night. I know you're saying, if you ever see that, turn around and leave. You got a Halloween, Rob. You can do it right now. You can be a llama. (sighs) Got to have more llama bell. So, anyhow, um, real thing llama bells. (laughs) So, I think if you put a bell on anything, it's going to be a bell of whatever you're putting it on. That's me playing llama bell. Pretty good, huh? Sure. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Make it end. So we just saw a headline come across about existing home sales. And they were weaker than expected for the six month in a row. And yet there's more inventory. And you're like, that's bad. Yeah, it's, it's a, that's a bad combination. That means that there's less buyers, period. And when you have higher interest rates, you have more inventory, more choices, especially out of the market that we've been having. That's And, and it's happening really fast. That's probably the most... 
interesting part of the phenomenon is that it's happening really, really fast. Um, go look at any of the real estate news coming out of a place like Seattle and Portland. Seattle is seeing a massive change from July, August to September, October. They're seeing big, big changes. And um, it just shows you, I mean, people remember this. They don't want to remember it, but they remember what happened back in 2007, 8, 9. Lenders were closing. Houses were on foreclosures. I mean, it, it seemed like five out of 10 phone calls we were getting, half the phone calls we were getting, if people want to do the math, were people trying to figure out what to do with their, their house and how to you know, mitigate foreclosure. And um, I don't think we're going to see that at all. Um, but I, still, I, will, I will say that this is the signs that, lead towards some sort of correction in in the market and i look at the jobs as my big sign and what's happening right now with facebook and the government saying we need to talk to mark zuckerberg i'm the great senator from ohio mr zuckerberg how dare you give our information away and if they get regulated home prices could take a hit because jobs will be lost so it's part of the cycle so you know, what happened in 2000, 2002 when Sun Microsystems went to zero? We lost a lot of jobs. And guess what? Real estate went down. So, um, but again, I digress. I'm not trying to be negative. Let's be positive. Okay. Here's a positive um, part of the market. The home construction market is booming. And in fact, not only is it um, very healthy right now, the projections for the next six to 12 months is is very healthy, which which what you what you read from that is that the contractors believe that people will still spend money on their house. That's a good sign. If people weren't, then that means they're selling or they're, they're just not as confident about their house. When people are confident, they spend money on their house. So we're seeing a lot of good signs in that direction. So yes, more people are selling their homes. There's more inventory, there's less buyers, but we're not seeing the volume of inventory that we've seen in many in the kind of recessions and crashes that we've seen before. So a lot more people are keeping their homes. You still have to remember home prices are still high. Yeah. Where are people going to move? And that's the big problem. And I don't want to give up my mortgage. It's a low right. rate. And then you also, and then I also don't want to give up the house. Me. People have low interest rates that own houses and have refinanced prior to the rate hikes that we've seen recently. And they're pretty well vetted. So we shouldn't have a lot of foreclosures. Uh, because to get a mortgage in the last six, seven years, you really had to show that you were legit. Yeah. Did you know that I'm uh, renting out a room in my house? Admiral Akbar. <laughs> He's moving in with me. So it's a trap. It's a trap. But it's, it's actually a, a it's a rat trap that he found. Didn't you? I didn't hear you get do some rant about how you were pissed off that he's gone. I am. I'm. I'm, I'm mad at it. J.J. Abrams let him get killed off. I think I'm I'm really upset by that. So he was the greatest Star Wars character of all time. I had a Star Wars figurine of him. And all he did was say, it's a trap. So in this case, it's a rat trap. Rats have moved. A rat has moved into my attic. I'm not very happy about it. Owning a house is fun, huh? It's so much fun. Especially by a creek. It almost makes me think I should call the landlord. And then I forget I am the landlord. <laughs> uh, well, you have rats here and you need to fix it right now. And it's me. Write yourself a note. Put it in the fridge. Oh, it's it's, it's a process. You get rid of the nasty sledgehammer holes. Hear the noise, sledgehammer, and you get done with it, and then just patch it up. You know, I didn't know how, what to do. I, a rat once got injured because uh, I live on a creek, so a cat must have injured it, and it comes into my home, and it goes screaming down the hallway. 
And I didn't know what to do. I, I knew that I didn't want it in my closets. I knew that I wanted it out of the house, but I'm like, how do you touch it? Tennis racket. That, um, in this case, it was, a towel. it was a towel and then a stick and you pop its neck. <laughs> there you go. Golf club would work too, right? New sport. Oh, we're going to H-E double toothpicks, right? If you need a mortgage, if you need a loan, if you need a refi, if you need to pay for your kid's college, there's a lot of options in the mortgage world. Tony knows all of them. You can find him at BayAreaLoanSource.com. It's BayAreaLoanSource.com. I'm a wealth accumulator. I got two new seminars that you can sign up for. One of them is a 401k seminar. You can look at it at Rob Black Show. Rob Black Show. It's coming up in November. Use the code RADIO25 to get in for free. It's going to be a Saturday event in San Jose. Haven't done that in years. What's wrong with me? I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.